Welcome to One Cause Church. We hope you enjoy this inspirational message. Are y'all ready tonight? I think the atmosphere is electric, don't you? Father, we thank you tonight. Flow the way you want to flow. Move the way you want to move. We yield ourselves to you tonight. We thank you that the gifts of the Holy Spirit will be in operation. We yield ourselves to him. We boldly and humbly declare, without you we can do nothing. Without you we have nothing. Without you we are nothing. But with you, we can do anything. We can have anything. And we can be whatever you tell us to be. Thank you, Father. Lord, I give you praise. I give you praise. Misty, Westland, come, come back up here, sweetheart. <clears throat> Thank you, Lord Jesus. She was already been moving prophetically tonight. There's an anointing coming upon you that is an anointing for the great unveiling. For the Lord says that he's going to open doors for you into nations where there is a predominant Muslim religious influence and the veils will begin to fall off of the women's heads at the anointed word that shall come forth out of you. This is not going to be a light thing or a trivial thing. It's going to be a powerful move of the Spirit that's going to push doors open that have been closed even for the big name ministries. But, the, but God is going to push these doors open for you and you are to go fearlessly knowing that you will always return and that your life will always be spared and you shall be hidden in the palm of God's hand. But the word that shall come out of you shall be prophetic and sharp and shall set captives free. And many Muslims are going to come to the Lord because of this and veils shall be rent by this anointing. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Wow. I've never given such a word to anybody before and I've little fear and tribulation or trepidation. Not tribulation, don't need that, do I? <laughs> Help me with the right words. <laughs> I was speaking at Pastor Terry Sparks Church years ago. I was there for five weeks. Can you believe that? Listening to me for five weeks. I got tired of myself. And one night, uh, Pastor Sandy was sitting on the front row up here, and, and this was right during the time when the United States went, you know, went into Iraq and, and uh, the... Defense Secretary Rumsfeld was calling this operation shock and awe. You know, because we were just shocking them and leaving them in awe at the, the military firepower of the United States. And, and so I was preaching something. I, I, I guess I was talking about doing uh, shock and awe to the devil or something. And I got all tongue-tied and, and I, I started calling it awk and shaw. And I don't mean once or twice, but I mean for probably 20 minutes I kept talking about Ock and Shaw. And finally Sandy's sitting right here and she finally just speaks up. She says, do you mean shock and awe? I said, probably. <laughs> so leave it to these mature women of God to straighten us out. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. There is an anointing here. Amen. Can you feel that? didn't think it was just me. We better look at some scripture because some folks don't think we're ministering unless we read Bible text. I want to look 
three texts, and then we're just going to endeavor to follow the Lord tonight. I believe some things are going to happen. I'm going to talk to you about the spirit of seeing and knowing. And I'm already seeing some things. If you could see what I see, there are at least four, wow, at least four angels standing in the aisles. There's two over here and there's two right over here. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Luke chapter 10, verse 23 and verse 24. Luke 10, 23 and 24. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Verse 23, then he turned to his disciples, talking about Jesus, and said privately, Blessed are your eyes which see the things you see. Wow. For I tell you that many prophets and kings have desired to see what you see and have not seen it, and to hear what you hear and have not heard it. But blessed are your eyes which see what you see. John chapter 16. John chapter 16. Verse 13, 14, and 15. John 16, beginning with verse 13. I like the way the King James says this. Howbeit when he, the spirit of truth, is come. Aren't you glad he's come? He will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me, speaking of Jesus, and he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. All things that the Father hath are mine. Therefore I said I, he shall take of mine and shall show it unto you. Talking about the spirit of seeing and knowing. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Verse 7 through verse 10. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of knowledge through the Spirit. To another, or the word of wisdom through the Spirit. To another, the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. To another faith by the same spirit. To another gifts of healings by the same spirit. Notice he wants us to know and understand that it's the one spirit. To another working of miracles. To another prophecy. To another discerning of spirits. To another different kinds of tongues. To another interpretation of tongues. It's all the same spirit. Amen. When we talk about the spirit of seeing and knowing, of course, we're talking about the Holy Spirit. I remember in 1997 at Winter Bible Seminar, Dad Hagen, Kenneth Hagen Sr., began to talk to us about how he had been praying in his prayer time and, and praying in, in tongues and praying in the Spirit. And, and as he began to translate or to interpret what was coming out of his spirit, he said he just kept saying over and over, the spirit of seeing. The spirit of knowing, the spirit of seeing, the spirit of knowing. 
And the Lord began to talk to him about how we are entering into a time when the revelation gifts of the Spirit are going to come into full operation. And, and we haven't seen it yet. We're, we're scratching the surface, but we're getting there. But the spirit of seeing and knowing, and when we talk about seeing and knowing, we're talking about revelation, having things revealed. And so revelation, there are three gifts listed here in 1 Corinthians 12. The word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, and the discerning of spirits are called revelation gifts. They reveal something. In fact, discerning of spirits, literally it means to see into the spirit world, to, to have what's in the spirit world revealed to you, which is what's happening to me right now with what I'm seeing here. And so it's the spirit, the Holy Spirit, that's allowing us to see and to know some stuff. And this is not just for people that are prophets. This is for the whole church. Because he tells us there in 1 Corinthians that the manifestation of the Spirit is given to everybody. If you're filled with the Spirit, then you have within you, because the Holy Spirit is in you, and within Him are these gifts. And since He is in you, and He has these gifts, actually the Greek doesn't call them gifts, it just calls them spirituals. Now regarding spirituals, brethren, I have some things to tell you. He's talking about manifestations of Him, the Holy Ghost. And we need the Holy Ghost to manifest. Amen. And so when He manifests through you, He may manifest through a revelation type of a way, through a word of wisdom, which is to, to know what to do about something or, or to have uh, a, a word about a future event. A word of knowledge has to do with what's going on right now or even past events. And then, of course, discerning of spirits would be to, to see into the spirit world or to be able to distinguish between spirits. And, oh, my God, we need that one a lot today. Sister Parham, now some of you, I don't want to throw a strange name at you, but in 1901, January 1st, 1901, I know people talk about Azusa Street, but it really started six years before that. On January the 1st, 1901, up here in Topeka, Kansas, at a Methodist Bible school, a man by the name of Charles Fox Parham, P-A-R-H-A-M. He had this Bible school and he challenged these students to search the Word of God and to find out if tongues had been done away with and to find out what is the evidence, the initial evidence of being filled with or baptized in the Holy Spirit. And after weeks and weeks of study, the students came back and it was unanimous. Speaking with other tongues is the manifestation of being filled with the Spirit. And this was in December and so over Christmas time and so on, they began to fast and to pray because they could not find where this gift had been done away with. And so they said, if it's still for us, we want it. And so they prayed, and on New Year's Eve, they began to pray. And at the, just, just a minute or so after midnight, on January the 1st, 1901, the Holy Spirit fell. You know the Holy Spirit falls? Yeah. The, Peter said, while we yet spake the words, the Holy Spirit fell on those, as he did on us in the beginning. The Holy Spirit falls. He likes to fall. You think it's neat going to a charismatic service and watching people fall out. Listen, the Holy Spirit falls. And when he falls, power happens. Yeah. Glory to God. Catherine Kuhlman used to say, wherever you find the Holy Ghost, you will find the supernatural. You cannot separate the two. If there's no supernatural going on, the Holy Spirit is not there. 
always find the supernatural. January the 1st, 1901, a little lady by the name of Agnes Osmond began to speak in fluent Mandarin Chinese. She had never been to China in her life. I doubt if she had ever even eaten a fortune cookie. (laughs) And she got stuck in Chinese for nearly a week. And there was a professor of linguistics at Kansas State University that grew up in China. And someone told him, and he came over to see this. And he walked in and he was amazed. He said, I haven't heard Chinese this perfect since I was a child in China. He said, this woman had to have grown up in a Chinese household. And they said, she's never even seen a Chinaman. Not only that, but people get hungry. And if you can't speak in English, you need to tell people what you want to eat. So they said, Agnes, write it down. They gave her a piece of paper. She wrote it out in Mandarin Chinese. I'm talking about the Holy Spirit. And from there, the revival began to spread. And then Dr. Parham was preaching in Houston, Texas, 1906. And that was during segregation days and the church was small so they only had white folks inside. And so they opened up all the windows and the African American folks are all on the outside looking in the windows and in the doors. And just off to the right of the platform looking in a window like where that door is there was a little black fellow by the name of William Seymour. And he heard Brother Parham speaking about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And he said, I want that. And he went back to Los Angeles. And he started a little mission church on Azusa Street. And he stuck his head in an apple box. And he said, I'm not coming out of the apple box until I get what belongs to me. And the Holy Spirit fell on Azusa Street and ignited the world with the power of the Holy Ghost. Charles Parham had a son named Robert, and Robert married a little woman named Pauline. And Paul, Robert actually passed out, passed away in the pulpit. He got up to preach and fell over dead. A very young man, terrible thing. And Pauline had just started preaching. In fact, she's a little woman. She was. She's in heaven now. She went to heaven at the age of 92 or 3, I think, something like that. She was about that tall, and at 92, still had brown hair. And she looked like she was 62. And she was young looking, wasn't she? And she was sitting in church one night in a tent revival. She married the preacher. That was fine. She was happy to be the preacher's wife. And her husband got up one night, read his text, and said, oh, by the way, tomorrow night my wife will bring the sermon. And she looked up and she said, what wife? (laughs) And so the next night she got up And she brought the sermon, and for the next almost 70 years, she preached the gospel and planted churches and started Bible schools all over America. And her voice was gruff like this from preaching 65 years or so. And when Gordon Lindsay started Christ for the Nations, he asked her to come and be the first dean of women and for her to teach classes on Pentecostal history and gifts of the Spirit because she lived through the initial ignition of it. And she saw it when it happened. And so she taught these things there. And she said, Brother Lindsay, Gordon Lindsay, used to say back in the 
early 70s, he would tell her, Pauline, we've got to pray and believe God for the discerning of spirits. Because what the church needs more than any other gift in this hour is the discerning of spirits. And brother, let me tell you something. If we needed it in the 1970s, we sure need it today in 2015. Because there's a lot of spirits out there in the world. And many of them claim to be prophets of God. And we need to understand that they are not. And only by the Holy Spirit are you going to be able to tell the difference. And you don't need prophets to tell you. You need to know. Because the spirit of seeing and knowing, the Holy Spirit, He will show you. all the, You think Jesus knows the difference between a false prophet and a true prophet? Certainly He does. How does he know that? By the Holy Spirit, he said. And Jesus said that the Spirit will take what's his, his knowledge, his understanding of these things, and show it to you. Wow. You mean you can know things like Jesus knows things? Absolutely. How? By the Holy Spirit. By the Holy Spirit. He will take a mind and show it, reveal it to you. Brother Hagin talked about the spirit of seeing and knowing. And he prophesied that it would become stronger and greater and greater and greater. And that we would have things revealed to us. And I really believe with all my heart that tonight and the rest of this week, there is an impartation taking place among everyone here of the spirit of seeing and knowing that these gifts are going to come into manifestation in your lives. And it doesn't have to be spectacular. I told the church this morning, Brother Hagin used to tell us that many people, many people will run after the spectacular and completely miss the supernatural. And that happens all the time, all the time. In fact, I had posted something on Facebook several months or maybe a year or two ago about some crazy thing going on. And to my surprise, at 2 o'clock in the morning, Pastor Kenneth Hagin Jr., I guess he couldn't sleep, and he got up and opened his Facebook, and somebody told me he never comments on anybody's post. Never. He might like it, but even that's rare. And all of a sudden, here's a comment. Daniel, you remember Dad always told us, they'll run after the spectacular and miss the supernatural. I said, yes, sir. Yes, sir. I thought, well, for once, I got one right. (laughs) Hallelujah. You got to hit it right sometime. You keep shooting, you'll hit something, you know. <laughs> Hallelujah. You pardon me pacing up here. I feel like a lion getting ready to pounce on something. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. The spirit of seeing and knowing. And it's really so simple. So simple. It's not always dramatic. Not always dramatic. Like tonight. Uh, Pastor Misty came up here and began to minister to Pastor Eric and Pastor Heather. And, and I, I sensed the anointing that was coming off of her. And all of a sudden inside I saw me take her by the arm and take her over to Pastor Larry and Kathy over here. And so before she got away I said, do you have something for them? And she said, I might. I said, come on over. I told them, I said, you listen to whatever she tells you. And she did, didn't she? see that wasn't spectacular but I saw it in here I saw myself take her by the arm I saw us go over there and I saw her begin to minister that's the spirit of seeing and knowing I could see it inside not with my eyes but I could see it inside in my spirit and I knew it amen you see it's very simple sometimes 
those simple things like that will produce spectacular results. But not always, but sometimes. Last year I was in Buenos Aires, Argentina. I was preaching to a church down there, 85,000 members in this church. And this church has seven services a day, seven days a week. That's just so they can get everybody in. And so I spoke two or three times this one day, and I, I was doing the last service of the evening. Thousands of people there in attendance, crammed in this old theater that they've converted into a church. And it was live on the internet. They had cameras and all of this stuff. And so I was ministering. The pastor's son was translating for me. And before service, as I came in, they have a green room, you know, they, because it was an old theater. I mean, not like a movie theater, but like a stage theater. So they've got dressing rooms and all that stuff underneath this old building. And so the, the pastor's studying. They have a green room and all this, but it's down below and way back that away. And so it's all concrete. And you, so if you're back in there, you don't hear anything going on up top. And so they brought me out right as praise and worship was ending and came back around this way and out the side door over here. And so before I could get to my seat, this little old man ran up to me and he asked me in Spanish if I would pray for him. And I, I, I said, oh, well, let me pray for you after. And he said, okay, okay. And so he went back to his seat. And so afterwards, I was praying for people and they were lined up across the front. And when I got to him, as I got close to him, down inside, I saw myself stand in front of him and double up my fist like this. Now, you need to know if you're in the Spirit before you do some of these things. But I just saw myself double up my fist. And when I got in front of him, before I realized what I had done, because see, but since I yielded to the gift of the word of wisdom, seeing and knowing, since I yielded to that, all of a sudden it opened the door for the gift of, of special faith. To kick in. I don't mean just my faith, but the Holy Ghost faith. The Holy Ghost has a lot of faith. And when His faith manifests, wild things happen. And so I'm standing in front of that little old man, looked like he was 80 years old, and doubled up my fist like I saw myself doing. And before I realized what I had done, I punched him three times. Boom, boom, boom. In the stomach. Hard. And he fell to the ground. I guess so. <laughs> And if you've ever heard thousands of people give a collective, <gasps> it's pretty loud, especially when you're one of them going, <gasps> <laughs> and so my translator, he's like, oh my God, oh my God, <laughs> saying it in English, he didn't want them to hear it. And I'm like, let's keep going. And so I started to pray for the next person and all of a sudden he pops up off the ground and he's jumping into your arms behind me over here and around and he's waving his arms and he's yelling and shouting and, and I'm like okay brother come back over here what happened he said I have to show you so he starts unbuttoning his shirt and I'm like oh brother leave your clothes on please it's going to be one of those you know and uh, <laughs> and so he got he said no I have to show you and he unbuttoned his shirt he had surgical compression wrapping around his abdomen and he began to roll it down. You know, it's like a tube on him. He began to roll it down. God is my witness. He had stitches starting at his waist, came all the way up to his uh, ribs, and then straight across to the other ribs on this side. At least 100, maybe 200 stitches. Still there, still stitches. He had just come out of the hospital. They operated on him for cancer. 
because there's a large tumor there. And they, they opened him up, and it was so intricate, and it was all the, the roots of it were everywhere. They couldn't do anything for him, so they just sewed him back up and sent him home to die. And he started telling us, I cannot feel the tumor anywhere. I have no pain. I've got energy going into my body. He said, I hadn't felt this good in years. God healed him of cancer. And it started by just seeing myself do something. We need more of that. That's not just for the preacher or the prophet or the evangelist. That's for everybody. Seeing yourself do something. I'll admit a failure. It still haunts me. I have to let it go. I know, and I have forgiven myself. But it still bugs me because I know years ago, years ago, I was walking into the Parks Mall in Arlington at Christmas time. And as I walked in the door, there was a, an older gentleman standing on the sidewalk waiting for his ride. He had on dark glasses and a white cane. And as I walked past, I could see myself laying my hands on him and see his eyes opening. And I ignored it and went on about my Christmas shopping. And it has bothered me ever since because I know that I know that I know that man would have been healed. But I missed it. I missed it. I know God's forgiven me. That's not a problem. And I, I pray that maybe somebody else will find him and they'll be more obedient than I was. But listen, oh, it's terrible to miss it when you know God showed you something. It's terrible. Terrible to miss it. I don't ever want to miss it again. I've tried to be so sensitive ever since then because I don't want that feeling ever again to think, oh, man, that man could be seeing today if it weren't for me. I don't ever want that feeling again. But when God starts showing you something, the spirit of seeing and knowing, knowing what to do, knowing how to do it, see yourself do it. Hallelujah. Those are gifts of the Holy Spirit operating. We need those in the church. We need those in the church. Discerning of spirits. We need to see things that are going on. We need to be able to distinguish because there are people that are seeing spirits that are not the Holy Spirit. People are seeing angels that are not angels. They're demons. There's a group out of Kansas City. The leadership there claims that they get their prophetic words from a female angel named Emma. They describe Emma as being about that tall with big blonde hair and very large breasts. They say because she's the mothering the church, you understand. And they told me that and I said, that's not Emma, that's Dolly Parton. <laughs> that's absolutely the truth. And Dolly Parton can preach the gospel if you pull the right string. Benny Hinn's brother Henry got on the plane with her. <laughs> Can I tell this and not get in trouble? Henry Hinn got on the airplane, sat him up in first class. He was in the aisle. There was already a lady sitting in the window. It was Dolly. He didn't know who Dolly was. The only television he watches is Arabic television. And so she didn't have on hardly any makeup, none of her wigs, just kind of toned down, you know. And they were flying from Los Angeles to Nashville. And the plane took off and he reached up and got a magazine out of the rack and it was a People magazine and she happened to be on the cover. And so he's got it open so the cover is facing her. And so 
striking up a conversation. She says, I just hate that picture. And Henry says, why? It's a nice picture. She's pretty. She says, oh, silly, thank you, but I just hate that picture. He says, I don't know. She's a pretty lady. It's a nice picture. She said, well, silly, that's me. He goes, no, it's not. She said, yes, it is. He said, no, it's not. She said, yes, it is. No, it's not. She turns sideways and goes, yes, it is. Henry says, it is you. <laughs> Wonder what it'd be like in heaven when you're known as you're known. You know? <laughs> Here comes Dolly. <laughs> she said to Henry, what do you do? He said, I'm a preacher. She said, oh, I love the Lord. Are you a preacher that I've heard of? He said, probably more of my brother. Well, who's your brother? Benny Hinn. Benny Hinn's your brother? Yeah, he's my older brother. She began to preach to him from Los Angeles to Nashville. He said it was just the word, the word, the word. So she's just preaching the word of faith to him, just building him up. He said he's ready to preach by the time they landed in Nashville. He got all his preaching material. Didn't dare tell people he got it from Dolly Parton. never know, do you? <laughs> Hallelujah. It's like Loretta Lynn travels with John Hagee some now. Does the seminars with him. I mean, God's moving. Moving amongst these people. Hallelujah. Reba McIntyre married a Pentecostal boy. I know his parents. My dad's known as her in-laws since he was a kid. They all grew up together. There's a Pentecostal church in Burleson that's named after Reba's father-in-law because when they needed to renovate this multi-purpose center, Reba found out about it and wrote them a nice country music hall of fame check. <laughs> and they said, praise the Lord, we take it. Amen. Built them a nice, it's a nice place. I, the pastor was so proud of it, he took me on a tour of it. I said, my goodness, so the youth room has computers embedded into tables and they can, with touch screens and all this. And I said, where'd all this come from, Reba? And this nice kitchen back there, I mean, just a modern facility. Where'd all this come from, Reba? I said, praise the Lord. Bless her, Reba. Bless her, Reba. Bless her, Reba. Bless her. <laughs> Amen. Spirit of seeing and knowing. Knowing the difference, distinguishing the difference. So, so important. So important. I remember as a young man, it wasn't too long ago. Don't be tacky, don't be tacky. Buying that tacky spirit. Amen. <laughs> the tacky folks in this church. <laughs> it wasn't too long ago. I was still in high school, I was laying in bed early one morning. I felt a presence in my room. And I opened my eyes and there was an angel standing beside my bed. He was very tall. He had to bend over because of the ceiling. And I sat up and started to say, what do you want? And when I sat up, something inside of me went, ugh. 
just nearly got me nauseated. And I looked at this beautiful, dressed in white light figure, and I said, I bind you in the name of Jesus. And he instantly became grotesque and dark. The body of a man and the head of a, a, a like a, some kind of a hybrid wild boar. He had three tusks on each side. I saw this, open vision. I saw this with my eyes. And I prayed in the spirit, and he backed away from me and exploded. Out of the room. And then I prayed and prayed until I began to see little flicks of light moving in the room. And I knew that the angelic presence had come into the room. And I went back to sleep in peace. But I'll never forget that. You see, spiritual things like that you never forget. Because they're not of your head, they're of your spirit. Paul said, though the outward man uh, perishes or decays, the inward man is renewed day by day. The things of the Spirit never get old. They're always new to you. The things of God are new every morning. Amen. And so you remember these things. Seeing into the Spirit world. One of the more dramatic was over in Ennis, Texas, just a few years ago. And I was preaching at a five-fold conference, and they, they had an apostle the first night, and they had me come in for the prophet the second night, and their auditorium is maybe twice this size, and it's like a, almost a half-round shape with several sections. And so there were two sections here, and then there's one over here kind of going off like that, the aisle does. And before I got up to speak, the pastor got up and he said, Oh, I'm so happy to see my friend David Nunn Jr. here tonight. Now, how many have ever heard of David Nunn? Not very many, but a few. He was one of the voice of healing evangelists in the 40s and 50s and 60s. And, you know, worked with the, the Lindsays and, and different ones like that. And had a tent revival, you know, tent that he did revival meetings himself. And a radio ministry. Very, very likable guy. And I thought he had passed away. And so his son is a great big fellow, big round fellow with a big full beard. And uh, he wears his with a little more dignity than Derek Miller does. But uh, <laughs> anyway, I, I walked in the door and I thought he was trying to sell me a duck call while I go. I just <laughs> didn't, didn't recognize him. <clears throat> you, you let that man get away with too much stuff. I mean... <laughs> And, and you know how to shave it all off. I mean, you know, play Delilah and go to work on him. <laughs> but he said, we're glad to have David Dunn Jr. here. And I thought, well, I want to talk to him. I, you know, I met his dad one time years ago. It would be really interesting to just have a talk with him. So I, they introduced me. I got up and began to, to preach. And it was about halfway through, and I looked over. And there was an angel standing beside David in the aisle. And he was standing to... Come here, brother. Just sit right here. So he was standing just to the right of David like this. And I'm over here and he's looking at me. Just staring at me. No emotion. Just staring at me. And he had in this hand, his left hand, a picture frame. Like what you would put a diploma in, just a thin, one of those little thin frames, you know what I'm talking about, hangs on your, your office wall. 
And he's standing there like this. And when my eyes locked with his, he just did this. And he laid that frame across David's chest. And it had letters on it, big letters. And I could see it from way up on the platform. And it simply said, Ministry Credentials, David Nunn. Thank you, brother. And I just stopped and I said, Brother Nunn, there's an angel standing beside you and he's just passed to you your father's ministry credentials. The mantle has just passed to you. This big man, he's twice of you, big guy, began to shake and to cry violently. I don't mean a little bit. He couldn't control himself. And he's wiping tears like this because they won't quit flowing. And the power of God is all over him. And so I just finished preaching and everything. Well, I found out later his father had not passed away yet. He was in a nursing home not too far from there. I thought, well, that's interesting, isn't it? Seven days later, the pastor of that church called me and he said, Brother, you're not going to believe this. I said, try me. He said, David Nunn Sr. just passed away. He just went to heaven. I said, and we saw the mantle pass to his son seven days before he went. Hallelujah. The spirit of seeing and knowing. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.